You're listening to the Business of Environment podcast with Mark Roman. Welcome, everyone, to the Business of Environment podcast, where we explore insights on the intersection of business, the environment, and regulation. I'm your host, Mark Roman. I've been looking forward to talking with our guest today, Austin Prince. Austin is a senior risk consultant for Brown & Brown Insurance based in the greater Philadelphia area. Austin's background includes a degree in risk management from Temple University, and he spent his career as an insurance broker and risk advisor with a specialty in all things construction, real estate, and manufacturing. Throughout his time in the insurance industry, Austin's been able to identify and address the many issues firms have when it comes to environmental impacts and how insurance can be used as a vehicle to transfer that risk. From site pollution to products and transportation pollution, Austin's been able to help hundreds of clients rest assured their environmental exposures are properly contained and protected. Welcome, Austin, to the Business of Environment podcast. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to join us today. Um, Austin, beyond your brief bio, can, can you let everyone know a little bit more about your background and really what piqued your interest in environmental risk and, and what was the path that you took that, that eventually led you to the environmental insurance industry? Yeah, so like you mentioned, I went to Temple University for risk management. And from there, I went into wholesale brokerage uh, I was living out in Los Angeles, and a various amount of deals come across your desk for different types of clients. And I was starting to get a lot of traction in the environmental space with commercial pollution, site pollution, um, contractors pollution. And I found it super interesting. So I started to do more research, dig in, go through different certifications, and understand the space a little bit better. And to me, I found it a lot more interesting than just, you know, helping out a local bar or tavern or a nightclub. And, and for me, it felt like I was, I was helping out and, and doing more good in the insurance space. And it, it really, when I dove further into it, I realized that it's a very intricate and nuanced part of the insurance industry. And it takes a true expertise to be good at it and to understand it. And if you could build that niche, you could be very successful and you could help a lot of people out. So I've spent a lot of time over the last seven, eight years trying to understand and learn as much as I could, not just about the insurance, but about the environmental impacts and what firms have to go through when it comes to statutory compliance, regulations, and protecting their own assets. Okay. And and I understand that uh, Brown & Brown Insurance, uh, the company you work for, was was founded in 1939 as a, as a two-partner firm, and, and it's really grown to become one of the largest insurance brokerages in the world. Can you tell us a little bit more about your company and, and perhaps provide a, a, an overview of the types of services um, that Brown & Brown provides? Yeah, absolutely. You're right. Brown & Brown started as a family-owned business in 1939. It has since grown to the fourth largest in the country and we have about 15,000 teammates. Uh, we like to refer to you know employees as teammates. We're all one team here across the world. We do about $4 billion in revenue. And it's a traditional insurance brokerage. Yes, we place insurance and we represent 
different businesses and their buying interests when it comes to purchasing insurance. But we also do all facets of different kinds of insurance, employee benefits, property and casualty, uh, risk consulting, captives, claims management. Um, We have uh, kind of dove into any portion of risk that anyone could face. Brown and Brown has a team dedicated to understanding it, being experts in it, and providing a full service when it comes to all things insurance, risk management, payroll, employee benefits, everything. It's, it's kind of a one-stop shop for, for all of your needs. Is that what sets Brown & Brown apart from its competitors, that, that, that uh, one-stop shop? Well, Brown and, what sets Brown & Brown apart from its competitor, competitors is that despite having 15,000 employees and 280-some offices across the world, uh, each office and each team has a decentralized model. So our office in the Philadelphia area operates like its own business. We are in touch with the local community. We are not just a massive publicly traded corporation where everyone seems like a number and there's a lot of bureaucratic corporate red tape. It is you guys are your own business. Each individual, myself, my team, we operate as our own business unit. Uh, So it allows us to not only feel and have a local presence, but then we have the national resources across the country um, when they need to come into play for specific things. It's just one phone call away without it feeling like you're dealing with, you know, a Google or an Apple or some sort of massive corporate giant. We have that at home feel. That's fantastic. It's really great to hear a, a company as large as Brown and Brown has that business model. And, and I like to call it customer intimacy where, you know, you have that mom and pop feeling about the business model, but you have the the, the, the resources of a, a a very large organization. So, exactly, um, yeah, that's that's great to hear. Austin, what what's your role at Brown and Brown? So my title is senior risk consultant producer. Um, my job, in essence, is to build relationships and represent our clients and bring on new clients and make sure that all of their needs are taken care of. So I'm constantly meeting with business owners, and then on the same token, I'm meeting with the insurance companies, and I'm kind of bridging that gap between the two and bringing one relationship that I have to another and making sure that everyone is finding a happy symbiotic relationship where they can each benefit. Um, So you know, a lot of people think of insurance brokers as, as just sales guys that are trying to sell you a policy or, or offer you a cheaper policy or whatever it may be. But uh, my process is a little different and it's all about a personal touch and doing the full risk analysis. So on top of you know being your broker, I'm also gonna sit down with you and go through each page of your policy so you understand exactly what you're buying. Um, I think that's something that a lot of people in insurance don't do. They say, this is the policy, take it or leave it. Our process here, we're going to show you exactly what's in there so you understand what you're buying, you're understanding what other options are out there, and you're making an informed decision um, when you're buying insurance. So I feel more of a a consultant than I do a broker uh, when it comes to my clients. Yeah, that's that's great to hear. Much like the environmental field, there's 
tons of terminology in also in in the insurance industry and and it's I, I always you know when when I sit down with clients myself to talk about work we're doing for them and these terms come up you, you get that they start to have that uh, blank stare at you like what the heck are you talking about so it's, right. it's great great to hear that you're you're able to go through that their policies with them and and so those you know this terminology makes sense to them and 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 the policy makes sense to them um, right at the end of the day you you know you got to understand what it is you're paying for exactly yeah well, what what type of clients do you typically find yourself uh, helping out and and what types of issues do you typically find yourself addressing for your clients yeah so as of the last few years it's been a a large majority of construction-based firms, contractors that are doing environmental work, whether it's mold or asbestos abatement, or they're doing solar panels or anything that could potentially have an environmental exposure. And then a lot of manufacturers and a lot of real estate developers and owners. And what we typically find is we go in, we do our policy analysis, and we realize that a lot of people and a lot of business owners don't actually have any environmental coverage or they're not covered properly. And so you'll see maybe you know, a business owner or a site developer and they're by the water or a manufacturer and they're, they're hauling waste out of the property and they don't even have an environmental policy. And, and then you see things in the news like what happened with the train in East Palestine, Ohio. Mm. And that's when I get a lot of calls like, hey, would I be protected for something like that? And then I'll dive into someone's policy who's not my client. And I'll say, well, you know, you're not. And then on top of that, a lot of people and a lot of business owners, it's hard for them to quantify their environmental risk. If XYZ happens, how much is that going to cost? What is my liability there? And so we have a proprietary way of helping you come up with exactly how much coverage you need so that in the worst case scenario, you can sleep easy at night knowing that you're going to be protected at the proper amount. And that's kind of the the issue we see a lot is even when they're carrying environmental insurance, it's either not the right policy or it's not enough coverage. Mm. You know, you you, you raise the point about quantifying environmental risk. And, and in our work, we often find many companies struggle with determining that uh, level of environmental uh, risk and exposure that that's acceptable to the organization as a whole. And we find that, especially during mergers and acquisitions, due diligence studies, uh, when we do uh, environmental assessments on properties and remedial actions, you know, just how much is a company willing to accept? And, right. and and you mentioned that you you help quantify them, uh, help quantify uh, potential risks and exposures. Can you kind of give us a little bit more on how you can help a company feel more comfortable, if you will, you know, with determining an acceptable level of risk and exposure? Yeah. So we have a ton of data on thousands, hundreds of thousands of clients across the country, prior clients, current clients, prospects, whatever it may be. And we have a, an internal system where I can go in and I can say, okay, you are 
an asbestos abatement contractor working in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, and you do $20 million in revenue. And these are the types of jobs you're doing. And we can benchmark based off of historical claims history and other clients exactly how much people in your category are either buying in limits or they're buying in retention. And we can sit down and we can say, okay, based off of all the claims data that we have is Brown and Brown is one of the biggest brokers in the world. And all of our active clients and all of the claims that have been processed throughout the last decade, this is how much based off of what you're doing, we think you need at a minimum versus what we think is actually you know, a good level of protection for you. And we can go through those options with you. Uh, so a lot of it comes down to size of the business, what they're doing, and exactly what the claims histories have been throughout the last decade or so for firms in a similar area. So it's kind of like a benchmarking process, but we're using um, pinpointed data that's specific to each business. And uh, how often should a company reevaluate these levels of environmental risk and exposures they're willing to accept? Is, is this typically, do you typically do this on an annual basis with policy renewals or, you know, how frequent do you think they should, you know, a company should be doing this? I think eva- evaluation never hurts. Uh, with our clients, we, we have that conversation every year. Now we don't make changes every year, but it's worth understanding where you know your client or business owner is headed in the next 24 to 36 months. Are you in growth mode? Are you taking more jobs? Are you buying more firms? Are you buying more real estate? If so, and you're growing, that's going to increase your exposure. And maybe we need to have a conversation about increasing your limits or getting you a different type of policy. And so that it, it really matches where you're going. If, if you're kind of staying steady, you know, maybe there's not a reason to change, but it doesn't hurt. And and frankly, everyone should be at least considering it each year because environmental regulations are rapidly changing. Insurance products are rapidly changing. And every year you've got new players in the market space. And, and you kind of just, you're leaving yourself exposed if you don't at least consider it. I often find uh, it, when I talk with other business owners or with clients, relative to to uh costs of operations and you know what what's the cost of running that business insurance often comes up as a a four-letter word if you will <laughs> and, yeah uh, um you know it's a, it's 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 something that is ex, you know extremely important to have it's 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 necessary to have and you know so we have in uh, healthcare coverage you have uh, you know uh, all types of different types of insurance coverage a business owner has to deal with. Well, why is environmental insurance so important to to our, our listeners that are business owners or, 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 or just workers at a company? Yeah, there's a, there's a few reasons why. Um, we're obviously just in society right now in, in a place where environmental concern is rapidly growing. Apart from you not wanting to lose money and be unprotected and have to shell out large sums of money for an environmental incident, it's also, you know, partially a PR thing too, right? Like you want to make sure if if you're a firm and you have something catastrophic happen, you're not in court back and forth being sued and and being um, underfunded for a massive loss that's impacting communities, that's impacting other businesses, that's impacting nature. 
So you want to make sure that you're protected and, you know, something happens, you can sit there and say, Hey, look, like our bad, but you know, we're protected and we want to make sure everyone gets every cent they're owed. And you don't want to have to go through all those legal battles where it's making your business look like you don't care about the environment. At the very least, it gives off the perception that you've thought about it. It's been a risk that you've considered and you've taken steps to make sure that if it happens, everything is going to be done properly to make sure that you can bring everyone whole again. I would imagine, you know, these issues that are happening in the Midwest and Ohio, the train derailments and, and the result in the uh, releases of, of, of hazardous materials have an effect on how many people are seeking ins- environmental insurance coverage now and what conditions or, or other issues have an effect on the environmental insurance industry that, that may not be you know, common knowledge to our listeners you know, beyond what we see in the news? Right. Yeah, I mean, every day there's something new. And I think what really, these events, they, they open eyes, right? right. Um, and it's not so much that people kind of have this, you know, awakening moment where I haven't, you know, I have an environmental risk. It's, they start thinking about it differently. And they're like, okay, maybe something that we had never considered, maybe just as an apartment building owner, I had never considered that maybe I have an environmental risk. And so you start to get a little more probing questions from clients who you wouldn't think traditionally um, would need an environmental policy. But in reality, almost every business has a way that they could negatively impact the environment. Uh, And that's why there's tons of different policies uh, in the environmental insurance space to cover those different things. So I don't know if that specifically answered your question or not, but uh, I would say that, you know, as these things come up, it, it does create a conversation starter for businesses that wouldn't traditionally think that that was an exposure for them. Yeah, and and it also it's worth you know regardless of who you are and what you do to raise that question with you you know while you're developing coverage for them you know uh, right well what what kind of exposure do I have here from an environmental standpoint for you know my my business A B or C you know it it doesn't matter what you do and how you do it, it you could have that exposure there and you just don't realize it absolutely and and across the country that conversation typically isn't happening with a lot right. of business owners and their current brokers. And it's, it's an old saying and it, it applies to a lot of things, but the answer is always no, if you don't ask and just exactly. you know, calling myself or even your current broker and saying, Hey, I know that, you know, I run a restaurant. Is there an environmental exposure there for me? Maybe there is, maybe it's a waterfront restaurant and, you know, your septic tank is going to leak into the river. I don't know. Like there's tons of different situations in which a lot of people say, oh, that's, that's not something I need. But if you don't call your broker or, or call me or have a conversation, you're never really going to know. And, and it doesn't, doesn't bother me. It, it takes five, 10 minutes of my time to have that conversation. And if it's going to either say, yes, you do have that exposure, we need to address this. Or I say, ah, you know, you're probably okay. At least that that five ten minutes gives you peace of mind. Yeah, it's that old you know age old uh, philosophy of you know if I don't go to the doctor, they're not going to find anything wrong with me type of thing. Exactly. So, uh, <laughs> um, but one challenge that 
uh, one, well, one of the many challenges uh, I face uh, as an environmental consultant is uh, is keeping up with the ever changing environmental regulations. How do these regulations affect the env- in- environmental insurance industry? Yeah, they definitely can. It depends on what the regulation is, but it, it could require certain types of businesses to carry X amount of insurance. It could require the policy languages to change. Um, so the way I kind of stay on top of that, aside from communicating with the, the carriers, the insurance companies, is quarterly I meet with two environmental attorneys. And I kind of pick their brain on, hey, anything happening in XYZ state or nationally um, that I need to be aware of. And like you said, it, it is constantly changing. And any given piece of legislature could, could impact how environmental risks are underwritten by companies, how much limits needed, certain types of businesses now need to carry it if they're working with the state or they're working with uh, local municipalities, whatever it may be. Um, it's definitely, it definitely has an impact uh, and you got you to gotta stay on top of it. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a good idea to, to develop a network of, uh, of folks that um, each have a little bit of knowledge on what's happening, uh, and, you know, what the trends are, if you will. Um, exactly. So that's, that, that's great to hear that you meet with uh, environmental attorneys, re- re- you know, relating to that. Um, yep. Where is the environmental insurance market trending these days, and, 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 and what do you see in its future? Yeah, so right now, the entire insurance market as a whole is what we call a hard market, meaning rates are increasing, capacity is shrinking from each carrier. Um, But environmental insurance right now is still a product that they have very good data on, and carriers like to underwrite it, and they like to quote it. Um, so it's, it's not as hard as like, let's say writing coastal property in Florida, right? After two hurricanes this year, mm. you know, it's, it's a headache to kind of get that insurance, but the environmental market is, is rapidly growing and expanding its capabilities. Um, we're seeing new and new policies come out each day that just offer more and more bells and whistles, whether it's increased cleanup costs or it's a, a, a different sort of added benefit when it comes to consulting or crisis management, um, it's growing rapidly and, it, and it's going to continue to do that because the carriers have understand the need for it. They understand how to underwrite it and they understand how to price it properly. So it sounds like if any of our listeners are, are interested in, you know, exploring environmental insurance coverage, it, now's a great time to get and check into it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, here at Brown and & Brown um, and, and my team specifically, we have a few uh, lim- limited distribution markets in which not every broker in the country, as a matter of fact, very select few um, have access to. And that goes back to what I was talking about earlier with me building relationships on the insurance company side. Um, so it, right now, is a, if you don't have it or if you have it and you want to take a look at other options, there isn't a better time to do it than now. Austin, based on your experiences, what's the number one piece of advice that you could give a company that's either 
dealing with potential environmental insurance challenges or 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 they're seeking to you know to to maybe determine whether or not they need these this coverage and 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 obtaining that coverage so the first thing is just have the conversation call your broker call myself dive in and really understand what your exposure is understand what is going on in the marketplace and and have that conversation because a lot of things will come up when you're looking through what your business is doing. Maybe you're acquiring a business and they have an environmental impact that you were unaware of. And from there, kind of building out the right risk management program. And that could look a, a, a ton of different ways, but really you just have to stay on top of it and have a fluid conversation as everything develops. And to do that, you have to partner with someone who does it every day. You know, I, if, if someone who owned a trucking company called me and asked me to, you know, hey, can you help me insure my, my commercial auto? I would probably say, yes, I can, but I'm going to introduce you to my, my teammate, Nick, who does that every day, right? So you got you to gotta partner with people who have the expertise and who are entrenched in that marketplace. Okay. The one, the one uh, item that we, we come across uh, quite often are brownfields. And um, these are, are, are great properties located in, in great areas for further development, but they're impacted environmentally in some fashion. And a lot, a lot of developers are, really don't want to get involved with that because of the potential exposures and risks associated with it. And brownfield laws protect that developer to a certain degree. Is there insurance coverage that these developers can look into to help, you know, offset these concerns that maybe brownfield law doesn't, doesn't help, you know, quite cover as, as, as limiting exposures and risks if they do purchase this property and develop it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, There are multiple types of policies. So you could do a policy that covers the extent of the project, the exposures that are going on at the brownfield properties, and it's called a project-specific commercial pollution policy. There are, you know, longer-term policies that you can get once development's done, and you want to make sure that there's no lagging claims or anything that happens in the future. Um, We deal with brownfields quite often, and to be honest, there there is a a very strong market for that. Um, So if people are running into those issues, and it, maybe they're shying away from a project or they have concerns, uh, there's definitely a way for that risk to be transferred and for people to feel more comfortable going forward with those projects. Excellent. That That's great to hear because we, we, we run into that issue quite a bit with some of our clients that are developers and they'll find this great piece of property and then once we start doing due diligence on it and we find some issues, they, they tend to kind of step back. But uh, it's, worth, it's, 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 it's really worth them exploring this, this whole uh, insurance coverage uh, item with you. And uh, yeah. for, for any developers out there that are listening to this, you know, it's, it's worth that effort to, to just throw, you know, give us a call to explore what additional coverage you have. You know, beyond what your environmental attorney and environmental consultant can protect you with, so uh, uh, that's great to hear. Um, yeah, you definitely. You know, I don't. I would say with a lot of these projects, right? These projects can be very high upside, but when there is some sort of 
complication with you know a substance or a pollutant or a contaminant, um, and people are turning down you know jobs because of that. Just give me a call because we can get that sorted out for you pretty quickly. Obviously, there's a cost involved, but um, the cost is certainly not going to outweigh the upside of, of doing that project. Yeah, absolutely. Austin, on a personal note, can you share with our audience an interest or hobby that uh, you enjoy doing with uh, with your free time? Yeah, so I um, I'm a big golfer. I uh, spend a lot of my time on the weekends uh, playing golf. Um, I'm a member at a country club here outside of Philadelphia kind of a cliche habit for an insurance broker, but I'm also uh, very big into food. So I do a lot of cooking at home, always trying new recipes and frankly, traveling around the country. When I, when I go on trips, a lot of the itinerary revolves around um, places we're going to eat and things we're going to try. So um, that is, uh, that is something that hits home for me for sure. Well, your area of Pennsylvania is a great area to live in <laughs> for for uh, for uh, the uh, amount of different types of foods you can you can experience. So uh, that's absolutely a great, yeah, great area to be in. Well, Austin, hey, thank you very much for taking the time to join us today. If uh, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Just call me or email me, whatever works for you. It, you probably have a much better chance of, of getting me on the phone. If I don't answer within three rings, um, something's probably going on, but I'll call you back in five, 10 minutes. <laughs> it, it's always easier to just pick up the phone and have a conversation. No matter where I am in the country or the world, I am always happy to to talk with people, meet new people and uh, start building relationships. So I, I would say just give me a ring. And uh, what's the best number that they can reach you at? So I would I'll give everyone my cell phone. It's 267-379-3231. And that is definitely the quickest way to get a hold of me. And and we'll include that in in the uh, podcast uh write up uh that uh you'll you know they'll find uh associated with with this episode. Well, Austin, thanks again uh for joining us today and taking the time to to share your expertise with our our listeners. Uh, we really appreciate it, and uh, and it's a very important topic that uh, I'm, I'm sure will get uh, will get uh, well received uh, w- with with the folks that listen to uh, our podcast. And, well, um, thank you so much, Mark. I, I truly appreciate the opportunity. It's been great talking with you. Um, we'll have to uh, get lunch or, or do dinner sometime soon um, if I don't get to see you down in Baltimore. Okay, sounds great. And, and, and thank you, everyone, for listening to our show today. And until we share some, some time together again, please stay safe and be well. The Business of Environment podcast is sponsored by Envision Environmental. Do you have environmental gorillas hiding in plain sight at your facility? Chances are you do, and you don't even know it. Discover how to assess your environmental, health, and safety risks and protect yourself from fines and liabilities before there's trouble. Download a free copy of our book, Overlooked, Hunting the Invisible Environmental Gorilla at envisionenvironmental.com slash free book.